place so we can relax. Okay. Uh, we're going to start at the two dots. Um, and uh, basically, um, somebody uh, buys, uh, people have land and they use their land to pay their debts. And if you buy land from somebody that has a lien, then that land can be taken away from you. Because that, when you bought that land from that person, it wasn't free and clear. It had prior commitments to that land. So the question is, what if somebody bought land and then he discovers various commitments that the person who owned the land had? And under what circumstances would that be taken away from him? That's the... Um, correct. So something that was written down somewhere, a loan that was written down somewhere, that you would have found and you would have known, well, I'm not going to buy from him. He owes this much money. I'm, it's a risky venture. But those types of things, uh, certain obligations that are not in writing, he has no way, the, the, uh, the one who bought the, the one of the fields would have no way of knowing. And uh, therefore, we don't penalize him by taking it away to pay for those things. So one of those things um, that uh, he would be responsible for was if he sold one of his other lands and it turned out that he wasn't the correct owner and the, the new buyer had invested money in that field. Um, so, for example, uh, he, he had certain debts and he was planning on paying them and uh, it didn't work out that way. Now the bank wants to repo land and then... Meanwhile, he had sold that land to someone else who moved in, who planted crops, and uh, now that gets seized. So the person who now has the bank taking away his stuff, he has a claim against his prior, the one who sold it to him. So the question now is, can he go back to him and uh, can he repo the previous guy or, or other properties to get payments for that? So we learned, Ein Motsi and Lachilus Peros. Uh, that that uh, nobody has any way of knowing um, exactly how much those fruits would be. They have no way. We, we can't... Um, that was the... Uh, we actually learned that in the Mishnah. Let, let's go back to the Mishnah, because I just want to show you. Rashi there on the Mishnah explains this case. The Mishnah was on Mem Kasam and Bey's 48b. Ein motzi en lachilas peros ulishvak karkos. You can't... Um, take away uh, to repay for eating of the fruits and benefiting of the land. Hagozo Sado. Somebody stole land. Very nice of him. And after he stole it, he sold it to somebody else. And the new buyer, Zora, planted there. Visamka, and things grew. And it grew all kinds of nice fruits. And then all of a sudden, the one whose land saying, What are you doing on my land? What are you doing on my Brooklyn Bridge? Well, somebody sold it to me. He takes the whole thing from that person. Um, all he has to pay the buyer is the Yitzia, whatever he put into it. Now, this buyer who was stole stolen property or property that didn't do a good title shirt, now he can go and collect this land from the other properties, uh, because when it was sold to him, he took responsibility. Now, if he wants to collect the fruits that grew that were seized, 
he can only collect that from what the guy has free and clear below Mushubadim, but he can't go back. So that's where we are now. Um, that the person who bought land and it turned out it was stolen, or he bought land and it turned out it really wasn't this guy's to sell because he owed the bank. And in addition to that, he invested in the land and now he wants to get repaid so he can only take from what's free and clear. He can't now kick someone else off the other guy's land and saying, you should have known that that guy uh, took responsibility. So that was the halacha from the mission. My time, what's the reason? I mean, at the end of the day, the, uh, this guy owed him money and it's that guy, guy took responsibility and it's his fault. So why that's, shouldn't that be like any other debt that that guy made. So, Omer Ula, Omer Eishlakish, Lefino, Einu Ksuvim. Because they're not written anywhere. Title search won't show up. In other words, it, it may be that this guy guaranteed another piece of land, but there's no way for him to guarantee uh, how much fruits uh, grew on there and how much investment was put in. Those things are not known. Omer Le, Rebaba Ula, he says, what about the following? Vamazon Isha. There are many types of things that we don't know exactly how much they are, yet they are leanable. So, for example, the feeding of the wife and the daughters, the command, the kasvu dummy, uh, those are as if they're written, those are like part of the ksuva, viktani, ein motzian. And th- those also, we don't collect, uh, we only collect from what's free and clear, b'nei chorin and not mishubadim. So, one second. Our question is, what kinds of things can we go and repo land from somebody from, and uh, we're saying that things that were not written, you, you can't. But had they been written, you could. But what about uh, the, the, the commitments in the ksuva that are, not, uh, that are as if they're written uh, to the wife and to the daughter, and you don't repo land for that? So the being written somewhere doesn't mean you can automatically kick somebody off land to get it. What's the difference? So, Amalei Hasim Mikarahachi Iskin. The... Um, that's the way that the, these rules were made in the ksuva. Those commitments that uh, a person has are only from what he has free and clear, not to go back to old lands that he may have sold. That's the way those commitments were written. And he also said the same type of thing. So, again, uh, we learned in our Mishnah that uh, a person can um, buy land from somebody, that person can give him a commitment that can be meshubad, and that means that he guarantees it, and that means that if he has any property, um, that property will be sold to, to pay for that. And then we said there are other types of payments that may be owed that we won't sell property, and we want to know what's the reason. And why shouldn't you, if, if the guy owes it and he made a commitment, why shouldn't you sell? So we said because they weren't written. It was a, it's a tikkun olam, for buyers that they're not going to have to worry about debts that no, typically don't go into writing. So the Mara said, well, what, there are debts that go into writing, and those you, you don't have to worry about either, and those are the debts for the woman and her daughter, that, that when a person gets married, the ksuva debts. So the Gemara answers, those debts were always written very clear, that those are only from free and clear property, not from, uh, not from uh, properties that were mashubit. Uh, this concept, though, that we look at whether something was in writing as to whether you can repo land, so that the if those things are not written, then you can't repo land for that. 
And so, and we gave the same answer. It's as if they're written that you can collect from free and clear property, but you can't collect from property that's encumbered that's already been sold. He says a different concept. He says because you'll never know exactly how much money it is. And since you don't have a set amount, so how is anybody supposed to, uh, I'm going to buy from him, but he may have a commitment to owe a certain amount. How much is it? So uh, something that you don't know, you can't, um, you can't repo from encumbered. So again, this is a new subject, and it's, uh, you know, at some point we'll have to spend more time on it, but there's the idea of encumbered land, which means that you buy property from somebody, and he may have had prior debts. So what of those prior debts can you be kicked off your land for? So, uh, so we're saying new rules. You can't be kicked off either for something that was never written anywhere, and you also can't be kicked off for something that doesn't have a set price. Both of those would be unfair. Boy so now we always like boys, so we throw out a boy. A boy that Khanina Kasuvim a boy. Do you have to have both? Set and written? Odilma Katsuvim or set Apopisha Inixuvim. What's what's the main main guidepost here as we finally get to today's page? Is it that in order to kick somebody off encumbered land, it's gotta be written, or does it have to be written and have a set amount? What's the what's the kicker here? Tashma. Misha Banus. Uh, a person died, and he left two daughters. Now, uh, and, and a son, and a son. So the first daughter gets married, and so, or, or she takes her dowry. Her dowry is a tenth of the estate. And now the second daughter also wants to get her dowry. And now the son dies. Now once the son dies, the property gets inherited by the daughters. So the question is, do the daughters split it, or do we take the dowry of the second daughter out as well? So Amrev Yochanan Shniyavitra. The second daughter, uh, since she's going to be getting her inheritance, which is much more, she's not first going to take the amount of the dowry. So again, what happened is one daughter gets married. And, you know, everybody knows weddings are expensive. You got it. So the first daughter took that out of the estate. The second daughter didn't get a chance to take her wedding expenses out, and then the son died, and so now they're going to split it. Does the second daughter have the right to say, well, before we split it, let me take my wedding expenses out? And we say, no, she's uh, Vitra. She's, uh, she gives up on those expenses. But does, that have, does that indicate rights? Or that indicates what she did? Let, uh, Vitra means, okay, she was mofo. Let's see Rashi. Uh, well, that means that she was... Um, well, let's see Rashi. Shniya Vitra. Of the Isr Nechastam, she loses... Her dowry, her tenth. We don't say first let her collect her dowry, but and then split it. The time of the tikva is in The reason that the rabbis instituted that these daughters get a um, in order that they have enough money to get married, that they make a chasana. She's going to have plenty of bucks now because she's getting the whole estate. Uh, so she doesn't. There was no need for her to be first given the dowry. So she gets forty-five percent rather than the full fifty percent. Right. So. Um, it's just strange to me that the Gemara is using that she's mivater when <laughs> Rashi suggests no, she's not going to be with the Rabbanan, <laughs> that she's not yeah. going to get it. Yeah. 
That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, that's how I understood it as well. Okay. Vitra means, oh, uh, she uh, um, wasn't necessary. Chazal uh, were reading her mind. Right. Omer Leir of Kanina Gedol Mizu Amra. We say even more than that. Motzin la Parnasa ve'en Motzin la Banos. That we do take away uh, if the um, if somebody bought those fields, uh, the first they should have known this guy left orders and there was a a lien to pay for those weddings. But we wouldn't take away money um, for mizonos. You're saying that we uh, we just make that money disappear. We don't, that promised dowry. Uh, that, uh, that's a, that, there's a set amount, a tenth of the estate, but it's not written. Um, so uh, basically we're seeing over here that uh, we do, um, that this uh, right to pay for the daughter's wedding is something that we do take away from encumbered fields, even though it's not written it, but why is that? It must be, as long as you know the amount, it doesn't have to be written. That's what the Gemara wants to prove. We see from here that a, uh, a dowry amount, which is well known, since you know the amount, we can take that away from, you, you know, you bought it, you should have known that that was a, uh, a lien on the field, even though it's not written. So that's, this proves it doesn't have to be written in order to take away from encumbered fields. The Gemara says, no, this doesn't prove anything. Shani Parnasa, the dowry is different, keeping the Islay Kol, since everybody knows about it, everybody's talking about it, those daughters, uh, to command the cost of dummy, it's as if it were written. So, uh, so again, we're back to the drawing board. We didn't really prove it. That's, that's what it came out to. Again, um, the, sometimes people buy fields from somebody and he has debts, and sometimes they lose those fields because there was a lien. So our question was, which things are not lienable? And we said, if they're not written and they're not a set amount. So we want to know, does it have to have both or not? So that, that's the issue at hand. If he dies, his daughters can collect from free and clear property. Um, uh, and um, this daughter, uh, which is, there's two daughters. There's the daughter from the wife and, and his daughters. Um, so the, he, he had committed to take care of her daughters. So they, that only comes from free and clear. And his daughter, so um, over here, uh, we're saying that he is liable for it, even though it's not written. Why is that? And he'll even take it away from the encumbered properties. This is different. It's not written, but you made a Kenyan. So Lemur said, if there's a Kenyan, benos nami. So Lemur said, So, well, some daughters were, there was a Kenyan, and some there wasn't. And my Pisca, well, why don't you take care of all daughters? The answer is Basti show Dahabi Bishas Kenyan. See, the wife's daughter, she brought into the marriage his stepdaughter. So that was there when all the deals were made. Mahani Le Kenyan. So those got those were those that became like a um uh, a lien. Bito de Lohabishas Kenyan Lo Mahani Kenyan. His daughters that weren't there when they uh those uh they didn't get the value of the Kenyan. Now, so me lo askin Dabi Chivayo Bisas Kenyan. Um couldn't you have had a case where both daughters were there? How would you have both daughters? The Garsha of Adiro. Let's say that, that this was a, a divorced wife that was remarried. Alabito de Bethnai Bezdin Ka'ochla. So we can't, we can't say for sure that, that his own daughter wasn't there. 
So if that's true, we want to know why is it that one daughter can collect from encumbered, uh, meaning the daughter, the, 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 uh, ex, the wife that died, her daughter is going to be paid from encumbered, where uh, they're going to take away f- money from the encumbered fields, and his daughter, you won't. We want to know the difference. Ella, so we're going to try again. Ella, Bito, tonight, based in Ka'ochla, his daughter that uh, um, she gets from his estate, that's Knai Beisden, Lo Mahani Le Kenyan. The Kenyan doesn't work. Vastishto, but he's obligated to take care of his daughter. Uh, his wife's daughter, he's not obligated, so the, for her, the Kenyan helps. The more I said, is it worse because it's his daughter? Is it worse because Basin says he has to take care of his daughter? Uh, so we're going to try again to come up with the rule, when can you take away property uh, that's encumbered? The daughter, since she's so entitled to, to be covered, her, we can't let, we're, we're concerned that maybe she got the money already. Maybe, um, maybe he put something aside to cover her debts. He wasn't going to make his daughter sell the land and go kick people off. So there, the reason that we don't let her take encumbered is because since uh, we, we assume that he took care of his daughter. These stepdaughters, um, we assume that that wasn't, uh, you know, that wasn't being think, thought about so much. Not his priority. So we're back to the drawing board. Again, taking encumbered properties. People bought properties, and they, well, there were certain debts that he may have had or certain responsibilities. Under what circumstances are they going to get kicked off? So Tashma, let's try again. That's when it was sold before the guy improved the land. But if the first person already improved the land, then we uh, then you could collect from encumbered properties. Alma Mishum de Lokadimhu. Tanya. Um He says you see the it, it has to do with the, the order, what came first. So uh, that, it doesn't seem to have to do with the writing. So the Gemara answers Tanahi. There are different opinions about this. So the bottom line is, if you want to take from encumbered uh, for various debts, there are different opinions. Where do we see these different opinions? You can't uh, kick people off land that was bought either uh, to pay back uh, fruits that were eaten or to pay back money that was invested in the property or to pay back to feed the wife and the daughters if the land is encumbered. Because they had no way of doing it. No one can ever do business if people can spring on them debts that they wouldn't have known about. They're not written. And why, what tikkun olam would there be in this? It's not a set amount as well. I mean, how could you write how much it's going to be? So, um, he, Rashi, Valo Enkensuvim, it's about seven lines from the bottom, Ubama Yesh Lekukas Lazara, how would the buyers know to be careful? Balab Tikkun Olam, even without the rabbis instituting, Ein Hadin Litra, there can't be the halacha is it could be taken away. So, we spent the first half of the day talking about taking away encumbered property, and we're saying that either there's, um, the halacha wouldn't do it, or the rabbis instituted not to do it in a way that wouldn't be fair about debts that they, either they have no way of knowing or debts that are potentially unlimited because there's not a set amount. So 
that's the first part of the discussion, and now we move on. Hamotzi Mitziah. So you're a nice guy, you found somebody's thing, and you give it back to him, uh, you give him back his wallet, and he says, hey, there's cash missing. So we, we're going to put you on the witness stand, and uh, you're going to have to go in front of everybody and be accused of being a liar. Here I was a good guy, I didn't have to give back the wallet, and now I've uh, got nothing but trouble. <coughs> so you know what? It's dangerous to return back a wallet. Uh, with money in it. Everybody's going to say, you know, where'd you get that from? Uh, so, therefore, the rabbis instituted that uh, if you were a nice guy and return things, we're not going to put you on the witness stand. If you find a lost object, we say, say thank you. Don't, don't accuse the guy of, uh, of, of stealing your stuff. So that was the rabbinic uh, institution. So now we need to know exactly when would this apply. So Amrev Yitzhak Shnei Kisim Kshurim Metzasili. He says, I found two wallets tied together. Vahalo Omar Lo Metzasi Ela Echad. So the other guy says, no, I only found one. So what happened was, uh, I, the guy says, I lost two wallets, and you're only giving me back one. So, Nishba, in that case, he would swear. Shnei shorim kashuri matzasili. He says, well, I, I, I left two oxen, and he says, I only found one. In their case, he doesn't swear. So, uh, the, this is the person returning the lost object. He's returning one of two wallets or one of two oxen. If he only returns one of two, he does swear. One of two oxen, he doesn't. My time, shorim mitka mehadari. Oxen, they can pull apart from each other. Kisim, the wallets, lo minkim ahadari. There's nothing that, there's nothing would have separated them. In other words, if what the person lost originally was one, and he found it, uh, the, it we need to not make sure that he didn't pocket it. By, by this case, do we apply um, motive emixas? Yeah, yeah, this is motive emixas. Shnei shorim kashurim etzasa. Did you find two oxen attached? He says, no, I only found one. Uh, I'm sorry, no, that was the previous case. This case, he says, I found both, but I already gave it back to you. So in this case, uh, so, um, so again, these are all cases where he's admitting uh, uh, he, he gave back part, and he's claiming that there is no other part, or I already gave that back to you. So we just ask him to swear to, uh, to come clean. So uh, why would why is the halacha that he swears doesn't that conflict with our Gemara, the our Mishnah that says we 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 don't make a finder ever swear because that's going to discourage people from returning things? The answer is who There's somebody who argues on our Mishnah. Um, let's see Rashi. Who the when the one who lost it knows for sure that there was more there, lo it's not considered returning uh, a lost object. When you know that there was more money in that wallet, you're not doing me a favor by giving me back a wallet with half. You know, I, I lost something and I got something back, so whatever I get, I'm happy with. But when I knew there was more and now there's less, I don't consider that uh, the person to have done me a favor. Let's see Reb Lazar and Yaakov. So Tanya, so that really is what it boils down to. Are, are we going to discourage people from returning things 
or are we going to enable somebody to take away some of that person's money? Sometimes you can get yourself in trouble and have to swear because of what you said. Kate said, Somebody, uh, we had no record that, that, got, that you owed somebody money, and you say, uh, I borrowed money from your father. Uh, and, um, but I paid back some of it. Um, uh, I, I paid back half. So the guy says, what? You never paid back half. I didn't find any records that you ever paid. And he says, wait a second. You didn't even know that I borrowed. <laughs> so it's not fair. I'm a nice, honest guy and admitting I owed your dad. So he says, he swears. And this case is, he's swearing because he's the one who told us that he owed the money. They say, no, you should be grateful to this guy. Ain't no kamesha so we see that even though the other person had no way of collecting or knowing about a debt except for him, and that's really what we call Meshiva Veda. He's like returning something. He's giving something we didn't need. We, uh, we have a debate about whether he's got to take the witness stand or not. Uh, well, we wouldn't call that amigo. Uh, you probably would. But that's not, it's that's not strong enough. To... Correct. That's right. You'd have to explain why not. Yeah. That's the that's I mean, that's a reasonable question. The the he, he he's telling the truth, isn't that what we're saying? He's an honest guy. If he was a real crook, he why did he have to tell us that uh, uh, I I owed your father money, but I paid half back? Obviously, he's telling the truth. He if he's a real liar, he didn't have to say anything, right? So well, you should believe him that he paid back half. So we'll see more about that. Um, for Reb Lozer, um let's see. Uh, Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov Lesley Mesha Veda Pater. Doesn't he agree that uh, when somebody is being nice and returning it, he's Pater? So Amarab Tainu Katan. He says no. The uh, the the person's minor child said, "You owe my dad." So he wasn't being Snow White and just telling us about this debt. The guy's kids knew that you owed him money. So he just said, yeah, I did owe him, but I paid half. So the, the question was, is that Meshiva Veda? Meshiva Veda means nobody knew I found it, and I'm super honest, so believe me. But over here, the guy's kid said, I know this guy borrowed money from my dad. My dad told me. So that's not being Snow White honest. Uh, that's not, well, it's not dishonest, but he's not returning anything because the kid knew about it. So Mora said, cut and my medium ashasha is paid. Who pays attention to a kid? But at least in a court of law, but tonight, if a cotton makes a claim against you, you don't have to swear to a kid. Uh, kids tell all kinds of stories. So the Gemara answered, my cotton guttle. Really, what does it mean? A cotton, a minor? It means an adult. <laughs> so that's a, so, so why'd you call him a kid? My correlate cotton. Gabe, mili davu a cotton who? When it comes to his dad's business, he's a kid. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he's an he doesn't know what's really going on there. So, um, so, but the Gemara says, but does that fit the words? We said that's his own claim that's making him have to swear. It's actually it's somebody else's claim. It's, the, it's this kid who's an adult. So the Gemara said, uh, he says it's somebody else's claim, but he's admitting it. So Gemara says, Every claim is somebody's asking you for it and you're admitting it. 
Ella, so again, we're, now we're really confused here. We have an argument here about uh, sometimes when somebody comes forward and gives you something and uh, you claim there was more, so we learned in our mission, Tikkun Olam, don't make him swear. But we have another opinion that says you do swear. And our question is, Rebbe Loza ben Yaku, who says you do, doesn't he admit this guy is, is doing him a favor? Why doesn't he agree to Meshavah Veda? And we see an argument here about whether you, there are cases where the Meshavah Veda swears, and we want to know what's the argument. So uh, the Gemara said, Maybe the argument has to do with Rabba. And what's that? The uh, Omar Rabba. Rabba said, What's the reason when the uh, person admits part of the claim that he has to swear? You might have said, he's honest, he's admitting part, because of a different rule. Somebody helped this guy out, loaned him money. He would not have the chutzpah to look him in the eye and deny that I, I owe you money. There are people that out of court would do that, but in court, look me in the eye and tell me to my face that you don't owe the money. Nobody would have the chutzpah to do that. Vahai bekulu boile mikvra. Really, he would love to not pay back anything. He doesn't have the money. Vahai de lo kafra. And the reason he doesn't, mishim de'en on a maze pan of nebalchov. He doesn't have the chutzpah in front of the guy that helped him out and loaned the money to deny it. Ubekulu boile lo delay. So then he should admit the whole thing. Vahai de lo delay. And why doesn't he admit the whole thing is when he says, I don't owe you, what he in effect is saying, I need more time. So really, Savra, he's thinking, I'll delay paying until I can afford to. For Omer Rahman, the Torah said, make the guy swear. Put him, on, put him in front of a basin, in order that he admits the whole thing. So there's a concept when a person admits part of a claim, um, uh, if the person says, I don't know any, I don't know what you're talking, I don't know you anything, that's called kofar hako. He doesn't have to swear. But it, and uh, we know he's telling the truth because who's going to look the guy in the eye and say, you never gave me a penny? But where he admits part, we're concerned that he really has more to admit, but he's really delaying for time. He says the person wouldn't deny the claim to him and wouldn't deny the claim to that person's kid. How can I deny the claim to that, the son of the person who loaned me the money? That's not returning the... Meshav Aveda means that he just did this to be honest. He didn't do this to be honest. There was a, he didn't have the chutzpah to deny it. He won't have the chutzpah to look the creditor in the eye. But the person's kid, he would have the chutzpah. And since he didn't have the chutzpah, he's returning the lost object. So everybody knows that the Rishonim say that today in our times, you know, two, 1,500 years ago, people already start having the chutzpah to lie and people look them in the face and lie. But at the time of the Gemara, it was impossible. Somebody helped you out and loaned you money and you could look them in the eye and say, I don't owe you money. No, nobody would do that. Um, in the old days, you used to hear that. Like, let him look me in the face and like, as if, like, you know, nobody would do that. And today, surprise, the politicians look you in the face and say, uh, read my lips, no more taxes, or I didn't have with that woman, or whatever. You know, people say things, and they lie to your face. And it's like, at one time, that was shocking. Um, so l- let's just pause for it and just explain what it is. If somebody comes forward on their own, and nobody even suspects they have any way of knowing that this guy found your thing, and he gives you something that you lost. So you don't make the guy take the witness. He was, this guy is being totally honest and good. How, if He's going to be discouraged from giving money back if he's going to get in trouble. That's 
uh, one scenario. But another scenario, though, was that if you loaned him money and he says, here, I'll give you back something, but I paid the rest. He's not being totally honest because he would not have the chutzpah to totally deny that he owes you the money. Being, being Meshav Aveda means him coming forward in a way he didn't have to. So even though he didn't have to, we're saying when people know they've borrowed money, that's not considered uh, Meshav Aveda. That, that's really the, that's not considered coming because the, there's a certain guilt or a certain responsibility to do something. And so we say, well, let's get to the bottom of it. Let's go to court and figure it out. Whereas somebody that finds something in the shul, you, he doesn't owe you anything. And so that's a totally different scenario. And so that's really what we're dealing with with this last, last issue of when Meshav Aveda is Pater from swearing. Have a meaningful, easy fast. Everybody, great day. Hope you excuse me. I didn't have coffee this morning. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I wake up early to prepare and somehow without the, without the coffee, it doesn't go in the same way.